Hey there, prolific authors. How's everyone doing today? Um, as you can see, we are going to talk about how to play to win rather than just playing not to lose. I'm going to explain what that means and everything. Um, but let's start with a personal update first. I don't think I have a whole ton this week. I'm working on Dragon Magic and I'm working on Intercron, of course, and um, things are really progressing well with the crime fiction anthology that I'm part of. Um, I'm actually specifically looking for swaps. So if there are any authors out there who have crime or, or anything adjacent to that audiences, um, so crime, mystery, maybe some thriller audiences, we're looking to do some swaps in January. And I'll be reaching out to some specific people later in the week. But if you're interested in that, uh, send me an email. I will put that in the show notes. And I will also put buy links for the anthology in the show notes. If anyone wants to support us, you can pre-order it for 99 cents. So that's coming along really well. I actually did get a cover for my novella, you know, just my story that's going to be in the anthology. So we already have the cover for the anthology, but the cover for my story came in this week and I really, really love it. I think it's an awesome cover. So I will put a link to that in the show notes as well if you want to look at it. Um, yeah, so that's really exciting. And oh, beyond that, yeah, not much, just kind of plugging along. Um, my course is up for sale, but I'm having my first few students go through it and kind of give me feedback and you know how it is. There's always a few glitches and a few little things to be worked out. Um, I'm not going to say too much more about that today because I'm going to sort of hack out one of the um, trainings that are in it and offer it for free. So I, I haven't quite set that up yet. I'm going to get it set up this week. I need to actually get it, you know, put on the teaching platform and, and kind of get all the technical stuff done. And I haven't done that yet, but probably next week, you know, stay tuned and I will um, be offering a training for free just so that people can get an idea of what the course is kind of like and how I teach and what it's about and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I will talk more about that next week once it's all in place. And yeah, let's see, I'm trying to think of anything else. That's all my author stuff. Personally, not a ton going on. I mean, not that that's a bad thing. It's been calm. Um, <laughs> yeah, just plugging along and trying to get stuff done, you know, we're all being here together. So let's move on to today's topic then. Do you dream of making your living writing fiction, but don't know where to start? Believe me, I understand. I worried and struggled over my writing for years, afraid it was cheesy and amateurish and not truly resonating with readers. Meanwhile, at every turn, I was told I couldn't make money this way. It takes too much time, too much hard work. It's not a real job. I bet you can relate, right? Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret the traditional publishing industry, and let's face it, most of society at large, doesn't want you to know. It's very possible to become a career author, to make your living writing stories full of emotion and passion and morality. With all the upheaval and negativity in our world right now, people need your stories more than ever before. Stories only you can tell, only you can bring them. I created this podcast to show you how, and I promise it will take less time than you think. So join the revolution of authors following their passion and changing lives, both their own and those of their readers. We are prolific authors. All right, so playing to win versus playing not to lose. And what does that mean? Well, it's an entrepreneurial term, actually, and I'm going to explain what it means, but I wanted specifically to relate it to writing and the author lifestyle, if you will. So let's talk about it a little bit more. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have two columns and I'm going to talk about each one and how to relate it to the author lifestyle. So we have playing not to lose versus playing to win. All right. So playing not to lose. Basically, this means doing what you got to do 
to make something work supposedly, but not trying super hard to set yourself up for success. So for example, it's doing a minimum amount of work just kind of to get by and hoping for the best. In any normal job, nine to five job, you, you can tell the difference between employees because you have those who do as little work as possible to get the paycheck, right? But they're not very gung-ho, they're not the first to dive in when there's a problem, that sort of thing. And then you have those employees that are just super gung-ho, really motivated and preemptive about stuff, you know, and those are the employees that the management likes the best because they get the most done and they're the most positive and they're the most hardworking, right? So how can we translate this into the author lifestyle? Well, doing a minimum amount of work and hoping for the best, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you could possibly look at this because there's so many different moving parts when it comes to authoring, right? So it's things like writing your book, but not necessarily doing a lot of editing on it and just hoping that people love it the way it is, right? Or not really putting a whole lot of thought into your characters or their arcs or making them super deep, but just going, no, no, it's a cool story. People like it anyway, okay? You're doing kind of a minimum amount of thinking and a minimum amount of work and hoping for the best. But of course, we could see this in other areas too. We could see this in doing author swaps or, you know, running ads. You know, you're going, okay, I'm going to run a $5 ad and I'm going to make tons of money. Well, <laughs> that's not realistic. You probably won't, right? But you're also, again, you're not thinking about doing the maximum amount of work to set yourself up for success. You're doing as little as possible and just hoping that you sell lots of copies and get lots of fans and make lots of money, right? Okay, so that would be just playing not to lose, but you're really not going the extra mile there. Another good sign that you may be just playing not to lose is that you're really afraid to make mistakes, okay? You want everything to be perfect the first time through and you sort of live in mortal fear of somebody figuring out that mistake or of losing face because you did something wrong, that sort of thing. Now, all of us feel that way to some extent and at some point in our lives. But if you're constantly feeling that about all things to do with your writing and your authoring, then that's a really good indication that you are playing not to lose. You live in fear in general. And I made this a different point than afraid to make mistakes because I wanted to talk specifically about making mistakes in your writing, but you also live in fear in general. You're just kind of, you feel like you're walking on eggshells about everything. And I think it's because even, you know, whether we admit it to ourselves or not, because <laughs> a lot of times we don't, we kind of know on some level that we're not there yet. We're not setting ourselves up for success. We don't have a lot of confidence in what we're doing. And of course, you know, that's because we're new at this. We really don't know what we're doing yet and that's fine, but it still is coming from a place of fear. So even if we don't know what we're doing and we know we're going to make a lot of mistakes because we're just starting out, you still don't have to come from a place of fear. And playing to win versus playing not to lose will actually give you that confidence. Even though you don't know what you're doing, it'll give you the confidence to look at your mistakes as a learning opportunity so that you aren't living in fear, even if you're making mistakes, if that makes sense. Okay. So if you're constantly living in fear, constantly like waiting for the other shoe to drop when it comes to all things authoring and writing, then that's a good indication that you're playing not to lose. Um, you give up or detour easily. And what I mean by this is that rather than staying the course, anytime you get any kind of criticism or you hit an obstacle or something doesn't go your way, you kind of throw your hands up and give up. Um, and this can come in a lot of ways. You can give up, again, it can be on giving up on ads, giving up on your manuscript, you know, it, rather than taking criticism and trying to hone that manuscript and make it better, you just kind of throw your hands up and go, well, they don't like this. I'm going to try to write something else. Okay. So you see what I mean? You detour or give up really easily. That's playing not to lose. That is not playing to win. 
um, you're easily distracted, what, what you might call shiny object syndrome. And this isn't giving up so much as putting your writing aside in order to go do other things. Now, again, this can come in a lot of forms for an author. It can come in the form of being distracted by other things in our lives because we all have stuff we need to do. And instead of writing, we go do the dishes, clean the house, hang out with the kids, run the errands. You know, believe me, I was the poster girl for this a few years ago. Okay. I would tell myself all these other things needed to be done. And I am like a chronic list, list maker. I actually, that's part of my personality. It comforts me to have a list of stuff I know I need to get done. And I would do everything on that list except get my writing done. And then I would sit around complaining that I never had time to write. Okay. That's playing not to lose. It's coming from a place of fear. I was not setting myself up for success. And I didn't understand that I was totally hamstringing myself when it came to my writing. Okay. So the best way to combat that is just to, to make it a priority, you know, figure out how to get your writing done first and then move toward those other things. But by being easily distracted and easily talked out of doing your writing again, that's playing not to lose. It's not setting yourself up for success, which is kind of the point. And finally, in general, you are terrified of failure. Now, I've got a lot of points on this list that deal with fear, but I've got them listed separately because they're kind of different aspects of it. And what I mean by terrified of failure is that it is the failure itself that causes fear, right? You are scared to death to try anything and have it not work. Now, the reason that's a problem is because failure isn't really failure. And it's something that, um, as an author, you kind of need to shift your thinking about this if you haven't yet. I've heard people just describe it in two separate ways, although really it's the same thing. It's just the way they talk about it that's different. So some people, and we're talking entrepreneurs who are constantly trying new things and, and trying to be successful at various things, right? They, some of them will say there's no such thing as failure. You know, they don't even have that word in their vocabulary. They don't fail at things. Rather, it's an opportunity to learn. So if something doesn't go your way, they don't see it as a failure. They don't call it a failure. They say, okay, that didn't work for me, but this is an opportunity for me to learn. Um, the other club does use the word, word failure, but they just define it in a different way. They don't define it as something negative. They basically define it the way the first camp does and say failure is a good thing because it teaches you something. So as you can see, it's kind of the same idea, but they just talk about it a little bit differently. So let's talk about this in authoring. I mean, the very basic level of this would be when you're first writing and you're afraid to show your writing to anyone, right? You're terrified to show that writing to them because you're afraid that they're not gonna like it, that they're gonna have critiques and tell you how bad it is and how much work you need to do, okay? Being terrified of that failure, that is playing not to lose. You need to shift your thinking and come away with it like, okay, I know I have a lot of work to do. I know that I really need to work on this and it's very far from being ready to publish, but everything they tell you will teach you something. And it will teach you something not only about the manuscript you're working on, but it will teach you something moving forward and grow you as a writer, okay? Same thing could be with, for example, selling your books with ads. Let's say you have only 50 bucks to put toward Amazon ads this month. A lot of people will say, yeah, but I could put that money in and not get it back. I could just flush 50 bucks down the toilet and maybe I just shouldn't. Maybe I should wait until I have more money to put toward ads. Now, in terms of whether you should put money toward ads, I'm not really telling you here or there on that. That's a personal decision. And I'm also not telling you to just throw money at ads and flush that money down the toilet because you really will do that if you don't know what you're doing. I, I do advise you to educate yourself on how to do them. But assuming that you have educated yourself and that is playing to win rather than playing not to lose, that's another really good example of how you could do this. Just chucking money at ads and hoping for the best 
that's playing not to lose. And chances are you're going to lose a lot of money that way. But educating yourself on how to do ads for books in your genre, being very specific and doing the research, that's playing to win. Okay. And at that point, rather than being terrified of failing at ads the first time of losing that money, rather tell yourself, you know, chances are I'm not going to get a huge return on this money. But if you're doing it the correct way and put $50 toward ads and you've, you know, again, I'm just using Amazon ads as an example, you've scraped some keywords and you put money toward those keywords, even if you don't get much of a return on your money, you will have data now on some keywords that work for you. And so then you can, the next month, say you, you know, get to the next month, have another 50 bucks, you can build on that. Take the ads that did work for you and put more money toward them and, you know, test more keywords and hone them. So you're not seeing it as a failure. You're seeing it as um, an opportunity to grow and to learn something about the kinds of things that will work to sell your books. And that is playing to win versus playing to lose. You see the difference? Hi, prolific authors, me again. All authors know the best investment they can make in their writing career, other than doing the actual writing, of course, is to build their author email list. Like many of you, I started small using the cheapest, most common provider I could find. But things have changed in recent years. The go-to email providers authors used to use simply aren't supporting us as well as they used to. That's why I use ConvertKit. Its functionality is off the charts amazing. Deliverability is stellar. And in all the time I've used ConvertKit, I've never had problems with getting emails to my list exactly when I wanted to. ConvertKit allows you to put everything on autopilot so you can connect with your fans in the way you want to, but without sacrificing valuable writing time to do it. With a totally free plan to get you started and comparable pricing as your list increases, there's something for everyone. So invest in yourself now by going with an email provider that will grow with you. Visit bit.ly forward slash TPA email. TPA as in the prolific author. So once again, that's bit.ly forward slash TPA email. Because we are prolific authors and prolific authors have stellar email lists. Okay, so... I've given you some examples from both columns, but I was mostly talking about playing not to lose. So let's go over them one more time. The, um, if you're doing any of these things, it's, there's, a, there's a good chance that you're playing not to lose. Doing a minimum amount of work and hoping for the best. Being afraid to make mistakes. Living in fear in general. Giving up or detouring easily. Becoming easily distracted. Having shiny, shiny object syndrome that pulls you away from your writing constantly and being terrified of failure itself. So that's kind of the negative side of things. Let's look at the more positive side and talk about what it looks like when you're playing to win. It's basically the opposite of all these things, right? So instead of doing a minimum amount of work and hoping for the best, you're going above and beyond um, to ensure success, right? You're setting yourself up for this kind of success. You're doing the research, you're you know, going the extra mile. Let me, let me give you an example of how I've done this with my critique group like most of us, I used to just kind of write my chapter as quick as I can and get it out to them at the last minute and hope for the best. And again, understand that when I talk about these things, I'm not saying them with judgment. That's what most people in critique groups do. Okay. We're all very busy. Many of us have kids, we have jobs, we have lives. And sometimes it's the night before critique group and you're just throwing something together to try and get it out to them. And it's really not a bad thing because just the fact that you have a critique group and that you're constantly giving them chapters to critique and return to you. I mean, that alone is a very good example of playing to win because you're constantly trying to learn and get feedback about your own writing. And, you know, there's a lot of authors that don't do that. that don't even bother to do that much. So again, I'm not saying it's a terrible thing, but 
Um, I also came to realize in my own writing that when I gave my critique group a really clean manuscript that I had done a lot of work on, not just a rough draft, right, that I had thrown together, it was, it made it much more valuable for me because if you give your, your critique group a manuscript that is riddled with typos and errors and uh, lazy word choice and passive voice and all of that, that's what they're going to end up focusing on because that's all they can see. And that's not their fault. That's your fault because that's what you left in the manuscript that you gave them. Um, so what I started doing is I started to really do a lot of editing on the chapter that I sent to my group. Okay. I had it in like, you know, fourth or fifth draft stage just for that chapter. Um, I would dictate the chapter, then I would do my um, edit of the transcription, and then I would edit for crutch words, which is the way to get rid of passive voice. And then I would even do an audio edit to make sure that I had gotten 99% of the mistakes. And what that does is it allows them to look past the simple stuff, past the grammar, past the typos, and really give me much more in-depth feedback on the story and the characters and the arcs and what's working for them. And of course, if, you know, if the grammar is pretty good and all the typos are gone, then it, it becomes that much more clear when there's a part of the writing that isn't working for them. Okay, so maybe there's a sentence or a paragraph that I thought was working that I did edit, but because the manuscript is so clean, it's going to jump out at them all the more when it's not working and they can tell me that. And of course, that's very valuable. I need to know when something's not working. So again, it's just an example of specifically with my critique group, playing to win rather than playing not to lose. Um, where when you're playing not to lose, you're afraid to make mistakes. When you're playing to win, you're willing to take risks. You're okay with the mistakes because you know that you'll learn from them. Okay, so you're gonna take more risks and you're gonna learn more about yourself because anytime you do make a mistake or take a risk, even if it doesn't work out the way you want it to, you're gonna learn a lot, okay? So that's gonna make you a better writer more quickly. You're gonna learn by leaps and bounds rather than just a little bit at a time. Rather than living in fear in general, you'll be confident fearless and energized about things, you know, you, and it's something that there's probably some of you out there going, yeah, but how do you do that? I'm just naturally a more nervous person and understand that you're not alone in that. Most people who are writers are, are quite introverted. I am. And most writers that I know are okay. So we tend to be really sensitive. We tend to be really tentative, you know, and it's understandable and completely normal for most of us, but you have to wake up one day and make a decision that you are going to play to win. You're not going to play not to lose. Okay. It's, it's a mindset shift. It doesn't mean that you suddenly have to be outgoing, friendly Joe who talks to everyone or anything like that. It's, it's about you and the way you're approaching your writing. Be confident, be fearless, be energized. Um, where when you're playing not to lose, remember you give up easily or detour easily, you know, you tend to throw up your hands and just, just say, oh, this isn't working. I'm going to do something else. Well, as you can imagine, playing to win means not doing that. You don't give up easily or ever, <laughs> and you don't give up just because you encounter obstacles. You step back, you assess, and you figure out how to get past those obstacles. You know, what do you need to do to fix it? And you move forward, okay? That's very different than playing not to lose. And of course, there's always going to be some times that you have to sort of decide something isn't working and cut your losses, but it's really just more of a mind shift thing. If something isn't working, of course, you're going to pivot and figure out how to make it work. But that is not at all the same thing as just throwing up your hands and deciding to give up because it got too hard, right? You see the difference? Where when you're playing not to lose, you're easily distracted, like I talked about, shiny object syndrome. Here, you're going to stay focused. You're going to stay the course. Get up early or stay up late or whatever works for you in your schedule. You're going to have a time that you write. You're going to commit to it. You're going to get it done, okay? That's staying focused, staying the course, no matter what else is happening in your life or around you. And of course, you are not terrified of failure. 
you welcome failure as a valuable learning experience, okay? So this is, once again, playing to win versus playing just not to lose. So let's go over playing to win one more time just to reiterate. In order to play to win, you need to go above and beyond to ensure your success. Um, so, you know, sit down and figure out ways in your writing that you can go above and beyond to ensure your own success, whether that's finding a time to write every day, whether that's taking a few hours a week to educate yourself on something, you know, whatever it is, figure out how you can go above and beyond to make sure you're going to see, succeed no matter what. Um, be willing to take risks, you know, be realistic about them, but be willing to take them in order to learn and grow. Approach your writing with confidence and fearlessness and be energized about it. If you don't have passion for it, that's going to come through in the writing. And no matter how good you are at writing technically, your book's going to be boring, okay? Audiences can feel your passion for your work, I promise you. Don't give up easily or ever, even when you encounter obstacles. Just pivot and figure it out. Uh, no matter what happens, stay focused, stay the course, and learn to welcome failures as valuable learning experiences. Me again. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network, and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So join the revolution and be a prolific author.